OMC Hive's The Buzz podcast is designed to bring you closer to the brilliant people, thinking, and events within the Omnicom network. In this episode, I speak with Justin Reyes, Director of Diversity and Inclusion at Omnicom Media Group, about how OMG championed their Black employees before these current crises, what they're doing to support them now, and how they plan to sustain these efforts. Welcome to OMC Hives, the Buzz podcast. I'm Ro Kalinaros. And I am Justin Reyes, Director of Diversity and Inclusion for Omnicom Media Group. Thank you for joining us, Justin. I know you are working all hours of the day and night and at light speed to support your Black employees after the recent murders of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, among many others. So it means a lot that you're taking the time to share with the rest of the network. Well, thanks for having me, Ro. Yeah, and you have been at this work for a long time. In addition to supporting Omni Women and Open Pride at the Omnicom network level, OMG now has four business resource groups. You have marched a marching band through the OMG office in LA, so you're the real deal deal here. Like, let's talk about how this all got started because I remember the Black Girl Magic event not too long ago that kind of got the ball rolling. I guess philosophically, I look at DNI differently. My background is out of financial services. I have a background in finance uh, and management and a, a bachelor's in economics. So I, I guess just because I came to the work of DNI differently than most, it's just a, a different lens by which I view it. So I bring a, a, a pragmatic quantitative approach. And, I, and when you take a step back and you look at the overall DNI landscape, it's important to know what other people are doing. But what's really important to me is that we're having a, a, a significant and measurable impact across our agency. So I think that's what drives me. It, it's of, are we getting the results? What does success look like? And are we designing the proper interventions to get there? So I came into this industry, you know, having spent 20 years in financial services and really just spending two years now, um, just recently completing my two years in, in media, um, bringing all of that that institutional um, framework and knowledge to bear, to, to apply a lens to a, a new space. And um, I'm really encouraged by the, the opportunities that we've had to just grow, to be entrepreneurial, to develop, and, and to be able to bring a real meaningful impact and change across the organization. So, you know, I, I've looked at DNI as a disruptor. I don't view us as a cost center. I see us as a strategic force multiplier, uh, as a, a new business uh, opportunity, as a, a client service um, to all our agencies and all of the work that we do. So um, I look at the holistic approach and 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 say, how do we know what 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 will get us to where we need to be, um, but also think about how we go about doing that differently. I think when you look at best practices, I think best practices are your best practice. They might not be necessarily ours. And I took a, 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 a lot of time to really formulate what that would look like for OMG. And um, you then get things like conversations on the Black woman consumer uh, to educate ourselves and educate our, uh, our clients on, on the power of these untapped, underutilized, underserved markets. Um, you mentioned uh, the marching band. It was driven out of our employees who had an HBCU experience, but had moved into LA 
and said, I want, this is what belonging looks like to me. And I want to share that out. Um, so we had a step show with Kappa Alpha Psi. We had a, a marching band. We did a little Beyonce homecoming in, uh, in our Grosvenor office in LA. And so um, that's the disruption. That's the, the framework, the mindset. I think that your background and the way you are coming at all of this and your process is really important right now as both brands and consumers are looking for real measurable progress and metrics around all of this. They're not settling for the statement and the sentiment. They're looking for the numbers and the real change. Yeah. And I think that's what we're seeing now more so than ever in this current climate. It's, um, I think to some degree, we had the process. Uh, I think to some degree we had to mourn and grieve. And and I don't know that that grieving will ever leave, right? I I think um, one of the things that we focused on recently, um, and and you mentioned our BRGs, um, I don't know how we we could have survived to date with this current crisis without our BRGs, specifically our Black Leadership Network. Um, The Black Leadership Network over the course of the last two weeks hosted a day of healing, which was just for our Black employees to share their perspectives and to know that they're not alone and, and to be able to form community um, and to grieve and to mourn together. And then from there, the subsequent conversation around, well, what do we do about this and how do we act and how are we now going to hold our agencies accountable for driving the change that we've been wanting for so long, but also that we've never been empowered or enabled to change for ourselves. We can't possibly dig ourselves out of the hole that we didn't dig for ourselves. And if we were able to change that, we would have, but we haven't. So we need your help agencies. Um, We hosted an ally call yesterday for just a a show of solidarity, but also a a cry out to to our, our, our agency partners on how to just be better allies. We thought the Zoom call would hold a thousand. It looks like we were capped at 500. And I, my, my phone and my email were lighting up because um, there were so many more that wanted to be a part of that conversation. And, and now as, as the result of having, you know, five to 700 people who are, who want to learn how to become better allies or show their support, um, those conversations are going to be held regionally now. So across our, our regions, um, we're going to be having conversations on allyship. Um, and then just today, we hosted a conversation with each of our U.S. agency CEOs in a roundtable forum for our, our, uh, our Black Leadership Network uh, leadership team, saying, this is what we're hearing. This is what we then, as a network and as, an age, as, a, as a BRG, will own. But this is what our employees and what we expect from you to action and to create long-term, sustainable, systemic change across the agencies and, and across our organizations. Um, and I'm encouraged by that. I, I, you know, it was a, a, a forum that I don't know that we really could have had in, in the way that we would ha- that we did without the, uh, without the BRGs in place. The, the BRG seems super important to fostering this ecosystem and culture of inclusivity from the bottom up. But of course there needs to be that buy-in and accountability from the top. Yeah, I think that's where we meet in the middle. Right, where we have the grassroots and the voice of the employee that's that's elevated and that's amplified, that's informed by the employees through the BRG, and you have the top down driving the accountability, owning the metrics and the results, and um, identifying the 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 roadmap for where organizationally we will drive and the interventions that we'll create and design. Um, it's that hope that we 
drive throughout the organization that change and that, that begins with awareness and understanding and appreciation, but um, can't be done without accountability. One of the most encouraging things that you shared with me is that the other BRGs self-organized without being tasked to do so in response to the Black Lives Matter movement and found ways to meaningfully contribute. What ways did you see these other groups step up to the plate in this moment? Well, I just saw in my inbox a couple of minutes ago an open letter from our Asian Leadership Network in a, in a show of solidarity. It was an open letter from our Asian Network saying, we stand with you. You know, when you look at all of the other BRGs in, in solidarity, topics like the Working Parents Network, uh, disseminating out articles and information on how to talk about race with your children. So there's, there's a conversation at this intersectionality of where we are um, as marginalized communities that see ourselves in that and say, that is a part of my story too. And we will come alongside you and support you and elevate. I mean, how powerful is it now that it's Pride Month and the Pride movement born out of a riot uh, with Black trans voices at the forefront are, are, are helping carry that banner of the Black Lives Movement. Um, we don't get there alone. We don't get there without support of others um, in in our in our communities, and and it's in that uh, richness of experience and shared pain and uh, oppression that we find ourselves together, united towards um, any and all injustice. It's really amazing that not only are your resource groups connecting across one another, but across agencies and offices and regions. How are these people connecting and how has COVID-19 kind of facilitated the way these people are, are talking now? So uh, taking a step back when we structured the BRGs, um, realizing that we had smaller offices that with you know 100 people or fewer, 100 people, 15 fewer, realizing that the traditional chapter model wouldn't work for our BRG, so we built them out regionally. And so our East Coast is made up of New York, New Jersey, Atlanta, Charlotte, uh, Miami, and that would be a region. And so there's um, there's a, a Teams group where we communicate. There's um, online chats. There's uh, forums that we've created, and the events that that we used to host when we were together were hosted across the region. Um, our Midwest Southwest region similarly, it's between Chicago and Dallas, and the West Coast, uh, Los Angeles, inclusive of Burbank and um, and San Francisco. I think what COVID's done is that it's given us a, a capability that we never thought to use before, and to amplify the voice, the voice not just regionally but across the across the country in this shared community. So no longer are we looking to be hosting sessions in conference rooms where we'll webex everybody, and now everybody's virtual. Um, you know the the opportunity to collaborate and to share knowledge. Um, to, to jump on a Teams call, right? Um, how often would we just call somebody from a phone booth or a, or a desk and not see each other? And I think that's very powerful in doing so. And, and, and the way that we've been communicating that across our BRGs, but across our organization as well, is that there are some things that we're learning that we can't let go. We need to be having these interactions far beyond back to work and being back in the office and, and collaboration um, and the tools that we're picking up, brainstorm, and the and the platforms that we're leveraging um, are, are new and creative, and give us a capability that that we need to be able to capitalize and and, and use and leverage 
going forward. So uh, the regions have been connected in and of themselves. We made sure that we have gender uh, diversity, that we have regional diversity. You know, when we take a look at, at, at all of the social constructs that we create that keep us separate, um, they're self-imposed. We segregate ourselves by agency, by client, by title, by level, by floor, uh, by by group, um, by BRG even. And I think where where my focus has been over the course of the last two years is blurring those lines and making our BRGs and making our DNI function and making uh, leaders accessible. And in doing so, it, it's opened up this door for collaboration and, and partnership that um, I'm thankful for and I hope that we don't let go. And you told me that these groups have started to kind of run themselves and you've given all of these different leaders the tools to set them up for success and be able to catalyze without always having to come to you. What tools did you give them? How did you get this all started? We try, I tried to balance the need to go quickly versus to just go and, and, to, and to do it in a way that's deliberate. You know, my default process is to plan to build um, to vet and then to launch. And I'm thankful for a leadership team at OMG that looked at me and just said, no, we're not going to wait. We need to catch the wave. We need to ride this momentum um, while we have attention and focus on, on DNI. And so we somewhat built the plane as we flew. And, you know, we had the frameworks and we had the structures in place overall. But I think it, it only got better over time. So, you know, just to, for, for some uh, from some historical perspective, our Black Leadership Network is is less than a year old. We began this conversation probably after Black Girl Magic and, and our partnership with Warner uh, Media and uh, and Nielsen and, and Omnicom Group. So Tiffany R. Warren, our Chief Diversity Officer, and conversation with uh, Nielsen and others really sparked something in our organization that we said we need to do this. And so the desire to want to launch our BRGs started. I began a roadshow to just talk about what BRGs are. I mean, not many organizations or agencies have them or or at least have them in the way that we that we created them. So I wanted that to come across and, and for our agencies to be aware what it is that, that, we, that we're doing, why we're doing it, why it's important to our agencies and to, and to to get the buy-in so that when we're ready to go, um, it really just does take a life of its own. So we've built the structures um, like a, a, a operate organization and operational chart so that uh, in there we have succession management. We have uh, the, the DNI framework, what's in scope, what's out of scope, um, uh, budget guidance. So there's a host of information that we've created meeting minute templates. We've created uh, frameworks for mentorship and, and buddy programs that are pretty much out of the box, off the shelf that you as a BRG tomorrow can take and implement a, a, for you. Um, and you're no longer waiting on OMG DNI to set the guidelines to say, look, if this is of interest for you and your members, go, do. Um, I'm empowering you to do so. Don't wait for us. Uh, of course, the, we're looking for alignment to an overall OMG DNI strategy, um, and I think they get that. So there's this empowerment now that our, our BRGs are out ahead of of saying, you know, what are the conversations we need to have, and and how can we support them, and and how can we continue this 
ongoing conversations on ourselves and not be held back by, you know, having to wait to get it a hundred percent or, or to, um, wait to seek approval. It's, if it's important to you and it aligns to the strategy, let's go, let's do it. It, it, There's, there's an urgency now that we're feeling that, um, I don't know that we've ever felt in the past. So I'm encouraged by that. And, and, um, I think that, that really the fundamentals of that is empowerment and you have to be able to empower your employees to, to, to work within, uh, a, a structure and a framework to, to do what's right for our agencies and our people. And I think that the way that you've structured this and given a framework and all these different processes make it so that it will be sustained. It's not just a one-off. It's not like you like to say tacos in the cafeteria. <laughs> it's, it's the way you would structure, you know, your work around a client or a pitch. Yeah, I think, um, you, you know, we joke, but, you know, and I think I'm pretty much known for it. My diversity strategy is not tacos in the cafeteria for Hispanic Heritage Month. I, I think you can do yourself an incredible disservice by not being strategically aligned to something greater or a purpose. So we speak to our mission and vision. Uh, we communicate that as, as often as we can. Uh, we created a website, web portal where anybody can go on there and, and, and learn more about DNI. Uh, we have a mandatory diversity 101 training where all employees are expected to participate in their first 90 days of hire. And that's their, their an online platform. Um, and it begins there. And I don't, I don't view DNI as an initiative. I, you know, it, this is a true business model. I, I don't view myself as a, as a cost center. If what we're doing doesn't have a, a deep root in sustainability or a true impact to our people and our agencies, I have very little interest in doing it. And, um, but I think that's those are the guiding points to say this is not just a, a, the 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 beginning. I tell my teams all the time, we did not create the Black Leadership Network for a Black History Month initiative, and I'm glad that we're we're continuing the conversation now in what I think is a second wave of the civil rights movement, and for them to be heard by our senior most leaders and to have a platform across our company it is will drive true change and and systemic change and policy and practice change that is the only way that it really becomes sustainable and actionable um, if there's anything that i'd say that we've done and done well it's it's we've weaponized diversity right we've made it measurable we've made it sustainable we've given it its proper context and we truly and honestly look to embed that in our everyday in our dna and and when it's there it's not an option it, you don't get to opt out it's core to who you are and this is fundamentally who we are as an agency and if you can't agree to that then then i don't know that you have a place here right there, there has to be some sort of a, a policy where where we take a stand on who we are and be true to that. That's really powerful. You don't get to opt out of diversity. I feel yeah, like that's a uh, mission statement. Yeah. <laughs> um, think about it, right? You know, diversity is diversity is a reality. 
diversity is, is core to who we are. It's that rich intersectionality. And it means different things to different people, but it's core to your identity. Inclusion is a choice. And if you look at the behaviors that we drive to, to do that, you have to choose to include every single day. I, I tell our leaders all the time, our employees, we have to win back every single day. We're not entitled to you to come back tomorrow. We're not. And if we're not doing the right thing by you, then we haven't earned you and we haven't earned you staying. And we have to drive that from top down across our organization. And everybody has to be held account to that, um, regardless of your position, whether you people manage people or not. Um, you have to own your actions. You have to own your words and you have to act inclusively every single day. Um, and if we're not doing that, then then um, we're not doing our jobs as leaders and, and as as proper corporate citizens. And I want to take it back to the basics for people who might not know. What is the difference between an employee resource group and a business resource group? And why did you make that conscious decision? So if you look at the history of employee networks, really coming out of uh, organizations like IBM that uh, out of the civil rights movement wanted to amplify the voice of employees and, and to form communities. And those communities were uh, really a group for empowerment. And then as we grew out of somewhat the, the civil rights movement in, in the 60s into the 70s, what it really became were employee resource groups and saying, wait, we can grow and develop each other and we can provide resources for recruitment and retention and development. And we can, we can do all of these things in the, under the umbrella of community and affinity. And then over time, they're like, wait, there's a, there's a power in this community towards driving true business results. And so where you go from employee ERGs, employee resource groups that are focused on the core of community and, and recruitment and retention and, and, and development throughout or, or even just simply put, touching on every aspect of the employee life cycle, we've never really quite thought, or, or at least now there's, we're, we're beginning to think about using these forums and leveraging these forums to reach and to communicate and talk about untapped, underutilized markets. Now, that's never going to excuse diversity representation at the table. That's where it starts. But we also need to say, what, what lens should we be viewing the work by which we are engaged in? And what forum is that? And, and how do we leverage our employees' social professional networks to bring us a, a, a perspective that we might not otherwise have had? And I think part of the challenge when DNI practitioners or organizations talk to a, a diversity of perspective, um, it, they do so at the cost of talking about people of color, specifically black and Hispanic voices. So I don't think that the, that's ever going to, to not have that lens. I think, I think we can't lose sight of that throughout this conversation um, or, or as DNI practitioners. But when you think about the buying power of Latinos in the US being you know, 1.5 to 1.7 trillion dollars in buying power, when you look at the black woman consumer who controls the lion's share of $1.3 trillion in buying power, and you don't have an authentic voice that can open up that perspective and, and give you insight into that market and how to engage them in the way that they want to be engaged, or the creatives who reflect them in the way that they want to be reflected in their content, 
you're doing your, you're leaving money on the table. You're doing your, your, yourself, your agency and your employees a huge disservice when you're not engaging those populations. So um, we fashioned ourselves as a BRG because we're tied into new business. We are tied into elevating the voices of the consumer. Um, there have been several instances where our new business teams have called focus groups or forums for the BRGs. There have been the new business pitches that uh, we elevate the voice of the employee, that we um, commit to a diversity of, of perspective, but specifically black and brown voices at the table for our business decisions on behalf of our clients. Uh, a, a level of partnership to say, client will come alongside you in your ERGs and your BRGs um, so that we can uh, uh, march along this together and we can um, celebrate our, our affinity or in our diversity. So um, we made the conscious decision to say we're, we are we are a strategic force multiplier. We are a, a business multiplier that is available to all agencies, that is available to um, our, our full holding company uh, to bring the bit of the power in any way that we can. Thank you for explaining that because it's such an important distinction to make that small shift in language just changes the entire way you look at these groups. Depending on where you are along your organization's evolution, there's a room for both. And maybe mm -hmm. you start at the ERGs and say, we're going to start this new and we want to form community and we want to um, begin to um, elevate that, that grassroots across the organization. Um, but I think you, if you're not identifying or you don't have a plan to move towards true business results, I think you have a huge opportunity loss. And I've coached a number of organizations on how to move in, and uh, transcend ERGs into BRGs um, and how to move out of, you know, tacos in the cafeteria for Hispanic Heritage Month to true uh, business results. Uh, one quick anecdote. I was at a I was at a financial services firm and we made something to the effect of 11, 11.2 million dollars in new assets under management through our pride BRG. Um, wow. it, I mean, you can make true business impact. There is a, a value in that while also serving the needs of your employees. So, so it's not a, not a and, or, and it's a, it's an and then. And so um, if you're not looking at it that way, uh, you're missing out on, a, on an opportunity. And at the end of every episode, I like to ask my guests in one word, what is your priority for the year ahead? One word. You're a man of many words, so I know this is difficult. It's got to be action. There is no other word that I can think of that truly reflects where we are in this moment of time, because I, I think we're done talking. I'm super proud of the organization that has supported DNI that has built out a, a really great team and a framework that has not just talked about it, but led in many ways. And I'm excited as to what will come because I think that for many organizations, talking about it is, is just no longer an option. And I think that many organizations will be held for years down the line on where they stood in this moment. And, and I want to be on the side of the organization that did the hard work, that did the long work, that continued this conversation long after everyone else has moved on. Action. I think that's all something we need to hold ourselves to now. 
Thank you again, Justin. Where can people find more from you and Omnicom Media Group's business resource groups? Reach out to me directly, LinkedIn, email me directly. I'm, I'm more than happy to chat. Uh, you know, uh, when, when we look at the, the diversity community of practice that, uh, that, that Tiffany's created and, and, and leads, so many of us have uh, the fortune of having diversity practitioners in our agencies. I'd say start there. And if you don't have one, um, form one. If you don't have a BRG, create one. Um, and if there's any way that I can help in any way and, and come in collaboration with your DNI partner or your HR leads, um, let me know. I'm here to I'm here to help. Thanks, Justin. Thanks, Ro. And thanks to all of you for tuning in. You can find previous episodes and more to come on OMC Hive or in the OMC Insider newsletter every Friday. <laughs>